Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Next week, I believe it is, 
this young man got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the best came. Married a beautiful woman. Had loved the children. Pastor the church in West Florida. And doing a fantastic job. This is my good friend. I mean, one of my good friends. And it's great to be in here. Well, I got a house full of friends here. But this thing here, I have watched as the best has yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord. He's been good to us, hasn't he? We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I don't know why, Lord, but you've been so good to us. Thank you for mercy. Anybody grateful for the goodness of God today? It shouldn't be too hard to praise him. Hallelujah. You, you can be seated for just a moment. We have a term uh, out where I live, squalling, and so I, I moved over here, so I'll probably I'll try not to squall. If I stayed beside him, I would. Um, very, very grateful. Uh, it was... Calendar-wise, it was November 1993. Uh, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. So this is the weekend that I uh, received the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name 24 years ago. Two days from now, the Tuesday night, will be the actual 24th anniversary uh, of that moment. And I don't regret any of it. When, uh, when, I, when I was working out with Brother Boyd, uh, about when we could come and see everyone and be here after we set up the weekend. It dawned on me that I would be able to be here uh, for that, to be with the man that loved me enough to preach to me. Yeah. Amen. And um, if, I, if I can say this, I don't know if I've got it. Um, I believe it's found in the book of Ezra where uh, the king of Persia weighed out certain treasure and, and committed to the hands of Ezra. And Ezra was faithful to keep what was given to him. And so, Brother Gibson, you, you weighed out a wonderful truth to me. And 24 years later, I haven't lost one pearl, one diamond, one ruby. I still believe in one God, one faith. I still believe the message, hallelujah, of being born again of the water and of the spirit. And I thank you. And I thank you, and, and I'm open, it's okay, and he didn't tell me what time y'all get out, and so he told me, he did, he said five, but I know he's fibbing to me, and, and so uh, I, I will say this, hope it's okay, we were talking yesterday, I went to see him yesterday, and he was talking about how far of a driver would be to come see me, and uh, and I hope it's okay, but uh, I was talking about, you know, three, three and a half hours to get to us, and um, but truly, Brother Gibson, because you preached me into this gospel your hands have never left me. And uh, when I sat beside you this morning, and I, don't, I hope it's okay to say this, I'm also a principal at a middle school, and, and uh, did this week I had a, a man go through some things in his family, and, and he asked if he could see me Friday at school. I know it's against law to do all that stuff at school, so don't, y'all don't call or report anything on me, but I, I figured he wasn't wanting to talk to the principal because he, he said, can I have a few minutes of your time? And for the first time ever in a text, he said, Brother Campbell. And so we shut my office door, and he kind of unloaded all that was going on. And, and so he, he kind of broke down and started crying in my office Friday, grown man. And so I, see, he, I said, he said, Brother Campbell in text. I said, we're going to act like this church. So I just got up from my desk, crossed over, put my hand on him. 
and, and prayed for him. But I'm going to tell you in Jesus' name that what I saw sit beside you this morning is that when my hand was on him, hallelujah, I saw your hand as well because everything I've ever done, your hand has been upon it. I think you ought to thank God for a preacher that loved you enough to preach to you. Hallelujah. Come on, we can't make it without somebody saying, thus saith the Lord. In a day where ministry is not always honored. Thank God for the man of God in our life. Amen. Amen. So there, there's, there's nothing, I'm honest, I, I, to give honor to whom honors do. What, what little bit we've done for God's kingdom, I've done nothing that your hand has not been on. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for how you love me and your family loved me and treated me like one of your own. And I'm a blessed man and I, I feel bad every time I come here because I feel like I always get more than I'm able to give. But it is an honor uh, to be here today. My brown-eyed girl is coming to leave a word and after she gets through, the girls are going to uh, testify in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I don't know about you, but I am just overwhelmed by the presence of God. I'm telling you, we serve such an awesome and mighty God. He is capable of doing so much more than what we give him credit for sometimes. We, we have trials and we have situations that come in our lives and we think there's no way out. We're, we're just destined to despair. But I'm telling you, we serve a God who can be the lifter of our head, who can lift us above doubt, who can lift you above gloom, who can lift you above worry, who can lift you above that despair. I'm so thankful for a loving Savior today. I'm so thankful that one day he reached down at the bottom of that pit and filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost who put this truth down on the inside of me. I am so thankful for where I come from today. I'm so thankful that I had a pastor that preached me under to conviction when things were going on in the world that I could have gotten myself involved in. I'm so thankful that I have a pastor that put the word of God in me, that I had Sunday school teachers, I had youth leaders sitting right there that told me not to stray away from this word because one day God was going to come back and I needed to be ready for that great getting up morning and I'm so thankful that God did not let me get away from that. I may be 221 miles away right now but I have never drifted from what I have felt here. I've never drifted from what God put in me here. I've never drifted from what God instilled in me here. Every evangelist that come through this place, every missionary that came through this house that preached to me, that loved me and I'm so thankful that God loves me even though I don't deserve it. I don't deserve for God to love me. I don't deserve for God to show mercy to me. I've messed up. I've made mistakes along the way. I'm not perfect. I've never, never claim to be perfect, but I'm so thankful that even when I do fail, even when I do mess up, God reaches down with his loving hand and picks me back up and says, come on, Jenny, get, get back going this way. Get back going this way. I want you to make it. You're going to make it through this. You're going the wrong direction. You're going the wrong way. Come back this way. I'm so thankful that God loves me enough to tell me that I'm going the wrong way. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm so thankful for the loving presence of God. We have felt Every time we get to come here, I'm, I'm like my husband. I feel like we give, we're more blessed than what we are a blessing. But it is so grateful, so wonderful to be here. God is, God is good. I praise him today and I love him with all of my heart. God bless you. Aren't you glad we're able to experience what he does this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, we'll go ahead and, and we'll get to work. And, and uh, 
I'm going to be going to the book of Ruth. Amen. And I do want to, while you're getting that, I want to give honor to uh, Brother Boyd, my hero. And I'm convinced that underneath that dress shirt is a shirt that's got an S on it. He's a <laughs> superman to me. I, I love him. Amen. And if if I didn't feel that way myself, I'm forced to because the uh, the way my wife says Brother Boyd is <laughs> is such with such reverence that I it's like it's the man I have to measure up to, Brother Boyd. But uh, but I, I do give honor and I appreciate the rich history I was able to marry into. I'm a first generation apostolic. And uh, the Tumman family, the Ward family, the Land family, and I was able to marry into such a rich apostolic history, and I, I don't take that for granted at all. And uh, your hands are on us way more than what you realize, and so um, we appreciate the Lord so very much. And and I, and I've been so blessed, and God has been so rich and real in this house that if I haven't for a couple of weeks, just felt such a strong unction of the Holy Ghost that I'm sent here today to help someone that I, I would simply let us go uh, but I can't shake the idea that I was I felt led to come minister to someone almost like I may not be everyone but I almost could feel like I've heard some of the things you have prayed in your closet and I don't mean that to make myself to be anything but I want to obey the Lord if that's okay the book of Ruth chapter 4 verse 13 through 17 and if you're not familiar with it, one of the most beautiful and eloquent books of the Bible. Oh, I love the book of Ruth. But Ruth chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and went in unto her. And the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that is named may be famous in Israel. Bob, this is what I feel that you felt. He shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. I do believe restoration is in this house today. And a nourisher of thine own age, old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And verse 16 and 17 is where I'm focusing today. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. I preached dozens of times the book of Ruth, and have never noticed this verse. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name. I've just never noticed that the neighbors named the baby. There's a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And so, Verse 16, she took the child and had it in her bosom and became a nurse unto it. Verse 17, they named him Obed. And, and so I would like to just offer this thought if I can. What will they name what you are holding? What will they name what you are holding? Amen. Sometimes what you're going through is really not about you, it's about others and the blessing it can be to them with the grace in which you handle what's been laid on your plate. Amen. So it'll make more sense, I hope, in just a moment. Let's seek the Lord in prayer. The Holy Ghost has got a purpose today. 
We love you today. We thank you, Lord, so very much. Lord, I'm grateful today for what I feel. Hallelujah. Give praise and give glory to you today. Hallelujah. Let your spirit, God, move and mightily through this house. Oh, God, help me, Lord, to be a help to somebody. Hallelujah. We give you praise, give you glory. God, touch our minds, God, to be sensitive to your word. Hallelujah. That you can touch the hurting. Hallelujah. That you are the repairer of the breach. Hallelujah. That you're able, Lord, to work in a way that we cannot fathom. Lord, your greatness is unsearchable. Hallelujah. 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 If your God is great, would you praise him one more time before you're seated? Glory to God. You, you can be seated this morning. If you'll help me fast, I'll preach fast. Amen. Praise God. I, I want to say this today, if I can, that um, I, I've done this long enough now that I truly believe that you can live for God through anything if you want to. Through the years, I've seen people live through God, live for God through great suffering and great hardship. But yet they did it. Hallelujah. And I, if you've come looking for an excuse to not live for God, you will not find one from me today. I believe God's grace, God's power, God's mercy, his spirit, his unction, his anointing, the house of God, the family of God, the word of God, that what he has given us is enough for us to be able to do whatever it is that we need to do. Amen. I'm going to preface this. I was in prayer just a week or so ago and uh, the book of Ezekiel came to me and much of Ezekiel's visions and prophecy was in a Babylonian captivity and Ezekiel chapter 3 says that uh, uh, that he said look I'm going to send you to a people and they're a rebellious house and he goes they're not a people of strange language he said that they speak the same tongue that you speak he said but they're not going to listen to you he said because they won't even listen to me but he said oh I feel like talking to somebody but he starts talking about their faces and he said I'm going to make your faces uh, your face like Adam and your face like Flint and the Holy Ghost spoke to me in prayer and said hey you might be living in a tough time but I'm going to make you tougher than the times and that is my goal today to tell you that I'm not quite sure where you are in your walk with God but God's going to make you a little tougher than the season that you're in God's going to put something in you that's not going to falter. It's not going to faint. And you can live for God right now in this hour. Amen. Somebody say, yes, I can. All right. With that being said, let me hasten to my subject today. And if, you, if you've known that verse for 25 years, humor me. But I preached the book of Ruth over the years and just never noticed uh, the idea that it was the neighbors that named the baby Obed. I believe there to be something significant in that. Uh, if you are any student in the Bible, you know that oftentimes uh, biblical names bear weight and significance. You know, uh, we look at Moses' name being drawn out. He was drawn out from 
of the water. You know, Joshua, the, the Lord who's able to save. And you're able to look at Jacob before Jacob became Israel and being a trickster, a supplanter. You know, so oftentimes Bible names have significance. Uh, being a, a middle school principal, a little humorous side here, you know, uh, we see all kind of names with 655 uh, middle schoolers. We've had a, a Levico come through, which is Levi Company. Oh yeah, we've we've seen them. Uh, we've seen a student come through with the name Six. Just happened to be the sixth kid born in the family. Also a fan of a uh, pro wrestling. No joke. Uh, we've seen a, a family where uh, Antoine, Antoinez, and Antoinasia all in the same family. So even in our hour. Even in our hour, there's, you know, people who have certain names that are family names that carry down from generation. I'm a William. My dad was a William. Will back there is a William as well. So certain names have significance in the family. But uh, in my, and I don't know what the custom is here, but I find it unusual that in this story that it was the neighbors that named the baby. It wasn't, it wasn't the parents, Ruth. It wasn't Boaz. Uh, uh, it wasn't Naomi. It was the neighbors saw the baby in her arms and they named him Obed. And, and let me press pause and, and rewind real quick just to kind of give you a, a background of the story, but uh, just a few minutes to rehearse it. But uh, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, had gone down from Bethlehem, Judah, in a time of famine to a place called Moab. And if you know anything about the Bible, Moab is not the place you want to go. Going, going to Moab is not going forward spiritually. It's not walking by faith. Uh, but it was during a time when judges ruled the land and, and every man did that which what was right in their own sight. So they go down to uh, Moab and as things are then, they are now. God God's got a way of getting our attention when we make the wrong turn, when we go the wrong way. So uh, they get down to Moab and Naomi's husband dies, leaving her with just her two sons. They marry uh, two girls and uh, from Moab and next thing you know, the two sons die. So uh, she's lost her husband, she's lost her sons and now she's left with just her daughters-in-law and so she realizes and then and to make matters worse for the boy is that uh, she says that while she's in Moab that she heard that God had visited Israel with bread. I came down here to eat. I've suffered loss and where I left from. Hallelujah. I've heard they've got bread. I know folks mean it well sometimes, but don't you know sometimes you're not able to go to church and, and say, boy, you missed a mighty move of God. I know they mean it well, but you, but you know, it's kind of like, you well, I, Okay. I said, I preach fast. Y'all help me fast, so that I know they mean well, you know, but the, the issue is the issue. So I wasn't get there to get what I got, you know. And so the Bible says that when, when she went back, Naomi's name, by the way, means pleasantness. And so when she went back, the people of Bethlehem saw her come. And they said, is this not Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. I, don't, I no longer feel pleasant in my spirit. Hallelujah. But she says, call me Mara, for the Lord had dealt 
bitterly with me. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm talking to somebody. And I know I can say this generically. But I feel like I'm sent here to talk to somebody. That you've been going through some things. And maybe in your spirit you don't quite feel the way that you used to. Matter of fact, I've heard somebody in prayer feel like they've used the word wasted. That you've wasted time. Wasted opportunities. Wasted services. But I'm coming behind this desk today to tell you hallelujah that God's not done yet. God's not done yet. It's, you might have suffered loss. You may long, you may no longer feel pleasant in your soul. But hallelujah, don't judge nothing before it's time. And so here we go. And so it's just four chapters, but but there's so much there, and I don't want to waste time with it. It's not not my message. But they 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 Ruth goes back with her mother-in-law to Bethlehem, and she has truly lost everything. She is left with no other option but take advantage of the Jewish custom of of gleaning after the harvest. And and if I can throw this in there. For free, and after suffering so much loss, Brother Rayleigh, what a what a nugget of truth is hid there in Ruth. Because when she gets back with bitterness in her soul, when she gets back feeling, she said, "I left full, and I'm coming home empty." It was that that the Bible just kind of throws a oh by the way. It's at the beginning of barley harvest. Hallelujah. It's at the beginning of barley harvest. You may feel like you're at the bottom. You may feel like that you're completely empty. You may feel like you have no more strength to go on. But oh by the way, God just happened to bring you back at just the right moment. I don't understand how God does it. How God can take a sanctuary like this and, and take a chapter from the book of Ruth and, and somehow make it fit everyone's story. But if you ever felt like that, hey, somebody, he, he preached to me. That service was for me. That word was for me. But across the aisle from you, there's somebody saying that word was for me. That service was for me. That song was for me. But back there in the corner, that word was for me. That service was for me. You know how? Because God is able to get you right back to where you need to be. You don't even know it. I feel like talking to somebody. You may have had to make yourself come to church today. But what you don't know is that God's got them back in the beginning of barley harvest. Hallelujah. It took a lot to get them back, but I got them back right where I want them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So she comes back and and then the story kind of shifts away from Naomi. And I'm heading somewhere. Shifts away from Naomi to Ruth and Boaz. And Ruth just happens to find herself in the field of Boaz and the story of kinsman redeemer. The story of redemption. One of the most beautiful love stories you ever find in the Bible begins to unfold. We find Ruth 
in the field of Boaz. Then we find her at the feet of Boaz. And then we find her the bride of Boaz. And you got this man from Bethlehem marrying a Gentile bride points to the church and the way our great God and Savior goes out of his way that after we've done nothing to merit his mercy yet he remains merciful and so after some of the most powerful things that can take place in the beautiful imagery that we have we have Ruth and Boaz being married and we have the conception of this child and it brings me to my story a a girl from Moab a mother of Israel who literally lost her husband and her sons said out of her own admission I've come I left full I'm coming back empty And now this baby is born. If you don't know my punchline today, is that it's very important that you look at what you're holding after you have gone through what you have gone through. You with me? I don't want to be found holding bitterness. I don't want to be found holding pride. I don't want to be found holding regret. Hallelujah. Oh my God, I feel like I'm talking to somebody. I know I've been through some things, but God has been good to me all the way through it. Hallelujah. And I want to come out on the other side with a testimony, a victory, a power of an overcoming spirit. Oh, somebody praise him right now. It was just a couple of weeks ago I was driving back to church on a Sunday evening and the Lord just began dealing with me going down the road and if y'all have known this for 25 years you just act like, wow, give me that, wow. Okay, okay. so just, it just faked it, wow. But, but, I, but the Lord moved on me going down the road and said, said check, check who, who was holding the baby. And, and so when I got to church, my, my wife could testify, I ran to the platform and got my Bible and that's when the Lord showed me that, that she held the baby and she took the baby to her bosom. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, it's very important that you take a look at what's in your heart. She took the lad and held him to her bosom. Her neighbor saw it and gave him a name and his name was Obed. I'll go to my punchline. The Holy Ghost just got, I I promise you I'm not, I I know I look smart, but I'm not that smart. The Holy Ghost moved on me to check out what his name means. And God is my witness, you may already know, but Obed means worship. Obed means worshiper. Hallelujah. And so they saw, my God, what Naomi had gone through, but she still had worship in her heart. She still had a worshiping spirit. I lost my husband, but I'm still worshiping. I lost my children, but I'm still worshiping. I I, I left full and come back empty, but I'm still worshiping. Things have not turned out 
the way I thought they would, but I'm still worshiping. Hallelujah. And listen to me, I feel like I'm preaching this because the Holy Ghost was trying to destroy some yokes in the beginning of this service. Hallelujah. Because there's something about worship that will bring restoration. It's not based off you feel like it or if you want to. I know you've gone through some things, but can you still worship God? I know that some of you have had a trip to Moab, but can you still worship God? She still had, she still had worship in her heart. You can double check me. Two meanings are given to his name. One meaning worship. The other meaning servant or service. Hallelujah. She took the lad, held it to her bosom. The neighbors saw it and said, we need to call that baby Obed a reminder that Naomi served God through it all. She served God through the loss of her husband. She served God through the loss of her sons. She served God that when she got back in the town, she had no other choice but to send her daughter-in-law. Hallelujah. Out into the fields to get just enough to get by. Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody something? If you'll just keep getting it, it may seem like it's just enough to get by. But my God, when God, I wish, I wish somebody I was preaching to would connect with me. When God gets done with it, He's going to take this situation. my mind and I mean no disrespect to Naomi whatsoever but she's really not blood kin to this baby she is her only connection is through her daughter-in-law who technically speaking is no longer her daughter-in-law she takes a back seat for two chapters and the story becomes about Ruth and Boaz, but I think it fitting that before the final pen was put on the paper to finish that book, that Naomi came back into the scene. Hallelujah. Help me today because Naomi, you've served God and you've had a servant's heart in your spirit and you've worshiped your way through it. Hey, little, I feel like talking to you. Naomi, I realize. 
that you haven't always said the right things. You no longer wanted to be pleasant. You've had bitterness in your soul. You've, you've, you've had sorrow in your spirit. But yet somehow you found a way to worship me. And now I see that you've got that worship in your heart. I find it absolutely amazing that because of that, Obed became the father of Jesse. And Jesse became the father of David. And 28 generations later, here comes Jesus Christ. Why? Because a woman named Noah a woman named Naomi said when it's all said and done I want to hold on to worship I want to hold on to service I want to hold on to prayer so so I can preach as a stranger I have no idea what some of you are facing, what you're going through. But right now, right now, if the folks here had to name what you were holding, what would they name it? Would they name him doubt, unbelief, shoulda, coulda, woulda, too late, regret, Almost halfway. I'm getting straight right now. But it's very important that you don't get so hung up on your loss that you forget that God is able to make it good. And God is able to give you. The Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You're missing something. You may have to go through tougher times than what you're in right now. But let me come out with Obed in my arms. Let me come out with worship in my heart. Let me come out with the heart of a servant. I've only got a couple of more points. And this is going to be yours. But the the Holy Ghost told me to tell somebody that if you'll take care of Obed, Obed will take care of you. She became a nurse to Obed and Obed became a nourishment to her. If you'll take care of Obed, Obed will take care of you. And I, I'm going to slip in a pastor mode real quick for you. Is that okay? No, that's bad. Don't be shot. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do nothing. I'm in the middle. Don't look back now. <laughs> I know how it is, folks. It gets tough and it gets tight. And even though you're here today and you're doing your best, we all know that sometimes we just kind of go through the motions. Don't let him see it. But we kind, of, we kind of, we know how to clap, know how to sing, know how to give our offering, know how to have church, but yet Obed not be in our arms. We're not doing it out of a heart of worship, out of a heart of service. Hear me, the enemy of your soul could care less if you never miss a church service. As long as you lose Obed, 
somewhere along the way. But if I can tell you anything, saying to God, in the hour we're living in, if you can become nursed to anything, become a nurse to worship and service. If you become a nurse to nurse, if you nurse worship and service and get that in your heart, you can walk through anything. You can pray through anything. You can live through anything. But you got to get obeyed in your arms. Would you raise your hands right now? Hallelujah. Lord, I want worship in my heart. I want a servant's heart, oh God. Hallelujah. I mean, I feel like I'm talking to somebody. I feel like you're in danger of losing no bed. You're in danger of losing no bed. But right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now. Woo! He shut out of a. He lord of my ha. He la bahasha. He lord of a hosha da bahaya. Woo! I want them to name what I'm holding worship. I want them to look at what I'm holding. Hallelujah. And say, He's still serving God. She's still serving God. Be seated for one last point. My text said, my text said about a newborn. Can, can you get it back real quick at the 4 and 15 of Ruth? To a newborn child, to a newborn child, he says, the word says this, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. It's not her grandson. No blood kin to her. So there's something deeper than this. Hallelujah. Because she's got something now in her bosom. She's got something now in her heart. Hallelujah. After the toughest stretches she's ever gone through, my God, she's come through it holding on to worship. Hallelujah. This is what I feel to tell you, going back to the beginning of the service, that the Holy Ghost began to move. But don't, don't, please don't get mad at me. But not everyone took advantage of it. And that's why I'm preaching. Because worship will be the key to your continuing. Worship. Listen, you're going to worship your way through it. Every day, every service. You cannot make it going through the motions. You cannot make it playing church. You've got to come in here. You gotta come in here holding on Obed and said, I'm the only way I know to do. If I'll take care of Obed, he'll take care of me. If I will serve God and worship him in spirit and in truth. I got one. I promise you, I promise you. My job has done a damn and condemn you today, I promise you. But I'm reaching for somebody today. And I don't know who you are, but please, please do not take this as judgmental. But I feel in the Holy Ghost that there was a time when the Holy Ghost began to move like it did this morning, that you would have moved with it. I don't know who you are, but you're weak, your season, your trial, your storm was tormenting. Your mind right now held you. 
and, and listen, I'm, you, I hope it's okay. I'm, I was raised old school. I, my brother Burge said, he goes, you got to get them out from the pews. God can touch you where you're sitting, but there's something about us putting our flesh into motion and taking a step out that signifies something to God that, hey, they're holding on to Obed. They're here to serve me. They're here to seek me. So I don't know who you are, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to stomp on your toes, but there was a time that you would have went out. But your trip to Moab, the season that you're in, has taken something out of you, the wind out of your sails. And listen to me, if you continue, continue to lay your bed down, then you're cheating yourself of restoration and nourishment. I wish I could tell you how it makes sense. I cannot. But in your brokenness, in your trial, in your sorrow, I don't know how Naomi became Naomi again. How she left being Mara and became, well, I feel like talking, when her neighbors called her Ruth Ford, they didn't call her Mara. They called Naomi. They saw something pleasant back in her soul. And the key to that is good old-fashioned worship. So, so here we are. Here we are. I've, I'm, I can give you countless stories from home of people who have lived for God through some very tough situations. Amen. Three years ago, a man went down to men's conference to a popka with us. While he's at men's conference, drawn closer to God, his wife of 17 years packed her bags and left while he was gone. He comes back home to an empty house. 17 years of marriage, no clue. Anything was going on. Just gone. Now, you, I'm okay. I'm going to talk to men for a second. It usually doesn't take very long. Once we get back from men's conference, something punches in the gut. Remind us we're in a real fight. But he couldn't even put his luggage down. But yet that man is at our church today serving God. Matter of fact, he's over our outreach ministry, still serving God. He's had a he's had a uh, some surgery since then, but he's still serving God. He's had some great issues with his body, but he's still serving God. And if uh, if I was a rolling man here today and let him walk through the bunch of other men, you never know he had anything going on in his life because you can live for God if you hold on to bed. And for every one of my stories, there's two or three stories here. But if you had to name what you were holding, what would you name it today? I'll close, musicians, would you come? Philippians chapter 1. This is the mindset that I'm after. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. But I, I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Shipwrecked, stoned, beat, whipped, 
lied on, mistreated. But I'm looking back over it now. And I realize that now it has been to the furtherance of the gospel. Would Naomi want to go through what she went through? I say highly doubtful. But she's at the end of it. Hallelujah. She's got Obed in her arms. She's holding the grandfather of King David in her arms because she refused to stop worshiping and serving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand? Would you stand? Before I call you to an altar, before I call you to an altar, would you lift your hands right now? We need to pray. We need to pray a courage that anything holding somebody will be broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Right now, Lord Jesus, where your spirit is, there is liberty. Where your spirit is, there is liberty. Lord, I knew when I took the pulpit, I was running the risk of maybe not preaching to everyone. But Lord, if I've ever come to hedge spin, feeling sent by the Holy Ghost, it's right now, Lord. I've heard someone's prayer. I've felt the torment these past few weeks in their mind. The enemy is trying to rob them of their worship. The enemy is tormenting them to quit and to give up, to stop serving God. In a simple way, Lord, I'm asking them to get Obed back in their heart. I'm asking them, oh Lord, to worship you. Hallelujah. I truly don't know what's custom. It's 1209. But would you come worship? Would you come? No matter what it looks like. You may feel like Mara. You may feel like the pleasantness is gone. But would you come? Would you come? Would you come? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.